Ow, we got a mystery to solve. That's really we not do. a mystery at it's all. It's not a mystery at all. But apparently it's a mystery. Nobody knows some. the answer. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what we're doing today on episode number nine of Jared and Al Watch a Love Live. I'm Jared, this is and Ladium. Hello. And we're talking about season one, episode number nine. It's called Wonder Zone. It's like hey, the I know song. that song. Yeah. I almost said it in the same cadence that the song does at the beginning. Because <laughs> that's how I, I that's how I know those words together. I mean, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was how I would think of it because that's the only thing I know from is that, that song. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, we are coming all hot off the heels of the... Uh, the open house that they put on and we got all nine members of Muse together for the first time. Yep. Which was a roaring success. It was. The uh the the staff behind the school are now reconsidering closing the school. Da -da -dum. So potentially things have taken a turn for the positive. Good job, Muse. Uh, they got a new, they got an expanded club room, which is just like the room next to their original club room, but for some reason now it's vacant. Yep. <laughs> so now they can use that for literally not a whole lot that they would normally not use it, the other room for. Yeah. Because they're not going to practice in that room. It's nope. just, hey, if we need more space, we have it, I guess. <laughs> it, it was a weird thing. Because I... in the forthcoming episodes, they use it like once or twice. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing real important. It's like they use it once for like a little party, and I think once to get everyone kind of re ready for the live show, which that that makes sense as like a place where you could like get prepped and everything. Because obviously, yeah. I don't think you would be able to do that in the original club room, right? But yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, they also realize that they are fiftieth in the Love Live rankings, which is a big big step up. So they go to Akihabara. And have some fun. They go to the famous school idol shop. And, and find merch. They do. Hadeo and Ren are like, oh my gosh, look at these Arise pins. They're so good. Ren like, finds his pin and is like, oh my gosh, look at this girl. She looks just like Hadeo. I should get in. I think it's, uh, who is it? It's Hanukkah and Nico or someone. Like looking at it like, no, that's that's Hadeo. Yep, that's <laughs> Pretty her. sure that's her. And then they find this little stand that's like full of Muse merch. And they're like, oh my god, we have merch! Which, how do they know, or not know that they have merch? Also, how does a, like a place get away with selling merchandise of school idols? Of yeah. amateur idols? There, there's, there's a lot of questions here. And like one, you'd think that they would know because like they're using their image... Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't want, like, shasty stuff to have your image on it. Yeah. Um, Two, you would want a cut of that. <laughs> you would want a cut of that, yes, especially if you're in high school. Yeah. Um, and two, like, how do you even pick which, like, school idol group to, like, sell merch for? And also, where do they get the photos and stuff for this? Yeah, that's kind of creepy, too, of, like, where are you getting these pictures of high school girls? So, I, like, technically, this would be all bootleg stuff, you would assume. Yeah, seems so. Like, it's it's very strange. But again, because Love Live is a sports anime, let me make a sports connection. All right. 
college athletics mm-hmm. are considered amateur. Okay. However, any university will sell merchandise revolving around a specific sport. The caveat is like they'll sell like, oh, a numbered jersey, but they won't put the name of the player on the back so they don't get a cut of it. So all that money goes back into the school. That seems shady. Yep. Ugh. I don't like that. It's real. It's real bad. There's a reason why in the uh, when the college sports games existed, they couldn't put in the player names. Oh right. They would always be numbers, and I think there was a there was a college like basketball player who sued. Uh, either the NCAA or like EA Sports about that because it was like. Yeah, this is this is totally me. You're just not saying it's me. I should get part of the revenue of this, regardless of if, if you're just not putting in my name. Like you're clearly modeling this character after me. So yeah, that's a that's a whole different subject. But yeah, it's very bizarre that like they're like, oh man, we have merch, and it's like, I would be a little bit more upset if I if I found out, hey, this this place is selling merch without my knowledge. Yeah, I would be upset. But yeah, that's the thing. They also find there's a picture of a maid in there, and they don't really notice it at first. But then Kotori shows up in a maid costume and is like, "Hello, you guys are selling a photo of me, and I'm pretty sure I told you not to do that. Can you please take that down?" And they all like they all look up and like, "Is that Kotori? <laughs> Kotori?" And Kotori's like, "Oh, f- oh and no!" <laughs> in the English dub, she pulls off like a weird British accent yes. and puts like two marbles up to her eyes. <laughs> oh, Jolly G, I don't know who this Katori is. Just <laughs> very funny to hear Christina V do a weird British accent in her Katori voice. Yep. <laughs> and then she just runs away. Yep. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, she is eventually found by uh, Nozomi. Who does the bad thing? And then they take her, and then they, they all go to her her work, Katori's work specifically. And they're like, "Hi, yeah, that's me. I'm this maid, this very famous here in Akiba." Like, oh my God, you're the legendary maid. Uh, she explains her timeline of this, which seems very bizarre because yeah. she she mentions that like, "Hey, I started doing this when we began doing Muse," which that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. probably when they were the, the second years were first getting started. But if we go back to the the episode where Nico is basically introduced and becomes a member, she famously has a picture of Kotori dressed as the maid, and it's mm-hmm. autographed already. So, so she must have gotten extremely popular very quickly in order mm-hmm. for that to happen. <laughs> And, like, the timing just doesn't seem to add up. It doesn't. So that was weird. Yeah, I mean, it It feels like some, some shysty timeline shenanigans. But either way, we learned that Katori is the maid, which we all knew about. Yeah, like, wow, very shocking. Mm-hmm. Also, Dude. she doesn't want her mom to know because reasons. Yep. Uh, Ellie comes up with the idea that they should have a performance in Akihabara because it is the it's where the, the idols are made. Also, they make mention like, "Hey, that's Arias turf." Yeah, and like nothing comes of it. Nope. Like, I, the, I think the fun thing would have been to like them have this performance and Arias show up and everyone be like, "Oh crap!" and Arias be like, 
get the f*** out of here. It would have been way more interesting than what they did. Gang Yeah. Arise comes in and like, hey, get the f*** out of here, MDK, mother Oh my god. <laughs> uh, and then, so yeah, that happens, and then Ellie's like, Kotori, you should be the one who composes this, or writes the lyrics, as you know everything about Akihabara. You work there. You see all the ins and outs of what's happening. And Kotori's like, uh, and everyone's like, you should do it, you should do it, you should do it, you should do it. And she's like, okay. Um, Kotori struggles with some, with the lyrics. Yeah. She's very much like, I don't know what to write. I'm just coming up with weird things that rhyme and none of it is good. I'm trying to find the one that you... you That's what I'm also trying to find. Because it was really funny. <laughs> hey, was... black and white kitty, that's my seat. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's having a hard time. And, like, it's it's putting a toll on her to where it's, like, Umi and Honoka, and, like, notice, like, oh, she's having a hard time. But we don't... We're trying to help, but we don't really know exactly how to help her get through this. And, like, it's affecting her schoolwork and everything. So focus in class. Yeah. So they come up with the idea to have to go work with her in the maid cafe. Yep. Which Umi's like, I don't like this. Onoka's just into it as well. Um, we get like this weird montage of of Kotori doing like all the maid stuff and like it's all like close ups of her face and everything. And we're like, oh my gosh, this, this is the legendary maid. Umi hides in the kitchen and like does the dishes and is like, I'm doing maid work. This is what classic maids do, right? Hey, and then Kotori's hey. like, "You gotta put a smile on your face. You always have to be smiling." She's like, "I'm doing dishes. Why Please smile, please." <laughs> so yeah, they do some maid stuff. Yep. Um, that is somehow a way to help Katori find lyrics that she has been looking for. To help her come across or come through with her feelings of Akihabara and everything. That's it. We get a maid performance of Wonder yes. Zone. They perform Wonder Zone in front of like they're just out in the street because like we're gonna yeah. do a street performance and all this sort of stuff. So they they canvass the the area for it and everything. Um, they wear the maid outfits because of course. Yep. And we get to hear uh, Wonder Zone. Zone. I don't know the rest of it. <laughs> uh, Honoka goes to a shrine and then tells Kotori and Umi they'll be together forever. Yep. Wink. 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 Uh, and then we end on the cliffhanger, which isn't really a cliffhanger at this point, but it will become later on. Yeah. Uh, Kotori gets a, a, a letter in the mail. Mm -hmm. With her name distinctly written on it in English. Da -da -da. Da -da -da. What you could this even, mean? I didn't even think about the fact that it was written in English. We, yeah. I really didn't even think about it. I just thought it was like translated for us. No, because like they don't go to the extent, to that extent, I think, in this, in what we're watching. Like the only thing they do is like they'll put up subs for if things are in Japanese. Yeah. I, I just didn't really think about it, but you're right. Yeah. It is. It is in English. Like the only way I've seen that happen before is like there is a there is a fan version of the first season of Kaon that goes very in depth with like re like retranslating like specific items in like the like environments and stuff. And it's really huh. well done. Nice. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's that is something that I think is very hard to pull off. Uh, but yeah, that's how we end our episode. Mm-hmm. So next time we will be discussing season one, episode number ten, where we go on a trip. Yeah, uh, it's called No Senpai Allowed. Zero. Zero. Boo boo desua. No, no adults in this room. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. That'll do it for this episode. So, if you'd like more from us, go to SeasonLandWithCheckup.com or SAC.cool. It's where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like SeasonLandWithCheckup and SeasonLandWithCheckup OVA. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Ann Ladium, go to AnnLadium.com. She's got columns and, review, columns and reviews. Uh, you can follow <laughs> Just us on Twitter. <laughs> yep. Follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash AnimeCheckup. So, next time, let's go on a little uh, training trip. Yep. <laughs>